Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Seven Under Golf Podcast, hosted by Megs and Mitch. Very special episode for myself as I'm sitting down with a really good friend, Kelsey Nicholas. She is a professional on the Sunshine Ladies Tour, and she's had quite a, quite a career up to date. It's been pretty impressive. Um, I'm going to start with a little story, and it's, it's a really cool story for me because it was a bit of a turning point for myself in my personal golf game. Um, it was around that we played at Glendower quite a while back. We played 18 holes. Um, and I remember thinking, I've got to bring my A game because, you know, I'm playing with a professional for the first time. I, I'd watched one or two videos. The, the swing was really pure. Um, and so, I mean, we, we, we started this really casual social round of golf, as we can call it, because it's social. So it's amongst buddies and stuff like that. And through the first nine... I just remember thinking to myself, like the whole time, just thinking, wow, like the way she carries herself on a golf course is something I haven't experienced yet. And, and, and I think fair to say it's because I've only played with like seriously social golfers. So it was a whole new world for me at the time. And, and the mentality behind being able to play a social golf, but still walking in a really good score, it was super impressive. And I think it was a turning point for me because I, I started to realize that, you know, maybe, maybe I, I don't need to be so hard on myself as a social golfer. I shouldn't expect these, the, the, these amazing results all the time. And honestly, Kels, just, just the way that you were able to carry yourself and, and walk through it and come out, I think on the first nine, you were like even or one over par, which at Glendower for the listeners, they know that's not an easy golf course. And, and just to mention that you were playing on the men's tees with us. So <laughs> already like my ego was whoo, all the way down because I'm like, okay, she's out driving me. She's smashing it pure. But on top of that, the fact that you just easily walked through that golf course, it, it, really, it really showed me that, okay, a professional golfer is, is a little bit more than, than, than we actually think it is. And there's a lot more that goes into it. So, I mean, without further ado, Kels, thank you so much for, for your time. It's, it's really awesome to have you on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you've been a professional golfer for some time now. What, is, what has that process been like for you? Have, have, I mean, ups and downs, I'm sure there's been, there's been many. But, I mean, just, just briefly, what has that process been like for you? Well, first, thanks for having me. It's my first podcast, so it should be fun. It's um, going to be fun. I'm excited anytime. about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's cool that it's with you as well, because, you know, like you said, a friend, it's, it's more, it's less pressure, it's more conversational. Exactly. And I mean, there's so much we can yeah. talk about. And yeah, exactly that, exactly that. A lot of fun as well. I had a lot of fun. Um, it was a bit longer than I'm used to playing it for tournaments, even though we do play quite a few holes of the men's. But um, I've gotten used to playing with the men's because, I mean, my dad and all my uncles and that, I'm not going to go play off the ladies because you feel a bit, especially as I got older and became better, because then you feel a bit like left out. Yeah. So yeah. to turn level, I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but level one over off those tees on, it was quite wet. It was still summer. So, I mean, the ball's got no run. Yeah. So you're playing some, some long holes. It was, it was good fun. And it was, yeah, it was, we had a good day out there. And it yeah. was nice to, I enjoy playing with social golfers. I know a lot of professionals will say it's, it's frustrating and, and that kind of thing, but I enjoy it. Like these, pro, so we have these program series going on now. So you're playing with sometimes absolute beginners. Yeah, but it's it's like different. You see, you see yourself again, if that makes sense. Like you, you were there as well once. So 100%. I feel like playing with social golfers, it's it's also good because 
even though you've learned patience through playing golf, you learn patience with people as well. So it, it just helps people skills as well in general. 100%. I think so. I enjoy social golf. It's, it's just as long as you keep going. I mean, that, that's all that matters. Exactly. Keep, 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 keep letting people play golf and that's keep them going and you'll the great the game will carry on growing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, something I remember, like I wasn't having the best round that day and, and you were just like so chilled and easy about it that slowly but surely I just started finding more and more rhythm. And I think like golf is about that. It's it's not always about going out there and, and just trying to yeah, okay. trying to shoot the best scores and, and just trying to to, yeah. to be amazing. It's it's important to go out there and be able to communicate with new people and 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 meet with friends again. And it's it's a yeah. beautiful game. I mean, something I, I particularly remember from that day, I think it was the ninth hole, because because we played the back nine first. So we finished on the front nine, ninth hole. Yes. You put you put one on the green. It was about a 20-footer for birdie. And I was like, okay, Kels, I want to see this putt drop. And it was like it was a pretty, it was a pretty long putt. And you dropped it. And and I was just like, wow. So when she puts her mind yeah. to it, the putts are gonna drop. And I mean that that's Listen, it was super impressive. It's a lot easier when you're playing social golf because you just said put it in the hole kind of thing. So if I hit a 10-foot pass, nobody's really gonna know if you know what I mean. Looking for premium golf equipment and accessories? This podcast is proudly sponsored by 4Golf, South Africa's newest premium golf brand. Head over to the Instagram or Facebook page at www.4golf.co.za to find out more. Let's not waste any time. Dive right in. They've made it easier than ever. Be sure to use the 7 Under Golf Podcast promo code to get the 10% discount on your first orders. Links will be in the description below. Mentally, like you, you've got to be so, you've got to be so strong. Mentally, I think the game yeah. it can break you. It can break you more than anything I've ever That's experienced. True. And and if you if you're not mentally strong or you can't mentally put yourself past a putt that just you know sort of just hit the hole and sat there, and if it dropped, things could have been different. I mean, mentally. Yeah. How, how, how have you found golf mentally for yourself? Like, obviously, yeah. I so, mean, what has it been like? So it's it's not easy. So I've had two um, people that have helped me with my mental side of game. One was a mental coach. And then the guy I'm working with now is my is a sports psychologist. I qualified it. I started working with him a few years ago. And through working with him, his name is Theo Bizet, I don't know, very well-known uh, golf psychologist in South Africa, works with golf forest and everything. Yeah. Um, I noticed um, how much more I needed to put into my mental game. So when you get to a point, listen, you're always going to need a swing coach and you're always going to need to go for the catch-ups and, and that kind of thing. And, and I do know that, but I see my psychologist more than I see my swing coach. I see my swing coach once every six weeks. And if I need more, obviously I, I go for more. But sure. with Theo, it's, I book my, I've got a session at least once a month and whether that's on course or he does a thing called focus band where it works with the left and the right side of your brain and that, or we just sit down and chat and whether it's about golf or not, it's that break from it or talking about it is like big. So I definitely have put more into my mental game the last two, three years, let's say. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it never, it never stops either. I mean, so that's also a cool part of it. So yeah. if you find the right person, I think the psychology of it and the mental side of it can, you can thrive in that kind of thing. Even when you're having a bad day on the course, using the mental side of it, you can still scrap around a decent round and 100%. could be the difference of making and missing cuts and, and that kind of thing. 
hundred percent. And and I mean, it's pretty interesting because I think a lot of people think like you you've got to go for thousands and that you you just got to be hitting thousands of balls all the time. You've got to be putting all the time. But they forget that the mental side of it is is seriously important because if you can't get that yeah. if you can't get that under control, there's there's no point of going out and hitting a thousand buckets or a thousand balls or ho- no. however you want to say it. I mean. Yeah, mentally, yeah. it's it's important. And I mean, it's also something I noticed that day, although uh, I keep on saying, although it was a social round, mentally, I could see that you 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 still had everything under control, which is kind of what separates you're still in it, you're still in yeah. it. exactly you, you you still understand yeah. everything that's going on around you. And it's super important. Um, you've been, I think uh, you also get to the point where you can't differentiate, if you know what I mean, when you're on a golf course, and you're playing golf, it's just you know you have to hit the fairway you know you have to hit the green and you like it's the stats and the everything never stops never you're playing socially or not it never it, stops slowly but surely it just becomes built into who you are as the a higher person. levels yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so 100%. i can go out on a sunday and play a quick nine with my dad but i'm still there's still all the things and i'm still thinking oh i've hit the ball badly i need to speak to robbie stewart who's my coach i need to speak to him and see if he's he's got any pointers because this didn't feel right like it just it never your brain never switches off on the golf course 100 percent 100 percent um yeah. how, how long have you been on the tour for how many how many years now so yeah. my first my rookie season on sunshine ladies tour was 2019 and okay. then i've played 2020 and 2021 as well so right. my, this was my third season and next year will be my fourth and and i'm sure like sure, slowly it's but surely. <laughs> yeah it's scary to think how quickly it goes as well yeah, and, and like, when <laughs> before you, actually you know stay it, it yeah, and, and before you know yeah. it's like 10, 10, 15 years have passed and you're going to look back and think like, wow, how much yeah. I've grown as a player and, and all of these things. But, but I think sure. a question I had for you was, um, I remember you growing up, you were always a sports enthusiast. You were always playing all the sports that you that you possibly could, yeah. football, cricket. Uh, I'm sure if you could have played rugby, you probably would have played rugby as well. Tennis, it, the, the list goes rag- on. The rugby in the garden. The, yeah. the, there we go. There we Never go. Yeah. <laughs> um, something I wanted to ask you, Kelsey, is when when did you make up your mind, or or when did when when did the when was the decision that you decided I want to take off seriously, and and what did that look like? So it's it's funny to think someone actually asked me this the other day because when you think of so I started when I was about twelve or thirteen. Um, okay. And when you think of that is I actually started very late in life. If you look at most people who play now, they 100%. start at five or six kind of thing. So, I mean, I started playing soccer and well, football, sorry, you didn't put your class. Football. football. I started playing uh, <laughs> football. Yeah, I started playing football when I was about three. I mean, we're all the same age in that. And yeah. um, that was, that was it for most of us. They were all going to, we're all going to make it in that kind of thing. So 100%. for me, so that's when most people are starting golf. It's three, four, five. I mean, we're all going to be Christ- the next Christian Ronaldo. And I was a girl thinking this, obviously. But I mean, I was surrounded by all of you guys. So I mean, yeah. can't yeah. be surprised. <laughs> so um, like I said, my best friend started at nine. So she already had four, five years on me, whatever it is. And um, funny enough is I started playing golf mostly because I had to stop playing football with the boys. When I turned 13, you can't play with the boys anymore. So I tried a season with the girls and I hated it. It was too slow. It was just, it wasn't the same. It wasn't as physical. It wasn't, I mean, I've grown up for 10, 11 years playing and getting knocked and (laughs) bashed and hit and ankles and everything. And then now I'm playing with girls who don't even like really tackle you and, and that kind of thing. So 
I needed another sport and I was also at a remedial school which didn't offer much sports. So I'd lost a lot of what I'd built when I was before I'd changed schools. So I knew golf was could be a good thing because my dad plays golf. So then I've always got someone to play golf with. Um yeah. and I could play it on weekends and and that kind of thing. So it started as fun with, you know, James and Cameron and and all of them because Grant and my dad played together and that's and we'd play on the weekends, we'd play on Sundays and league and that. And then it just gradually progressed because I realized that I'm not going to be playing other sports at the school I was at when I was in primary school. Yeah. So it just got better and better and I was having lessons once a week at Royal and and then eventually I found like a passion for it and it almost matched the passion I had for football at the time kind of thing. Yeah, um, which I think is the most that's, important that's, thing. That's you, you, you've got to have, you've got to have yeah. passion. You've got to have passion, and I can definitely see, yeah. I can see the passion nowadays. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in love with the game. I would say you, you're also in love, obsessed with the game. However, we want to say it, golf, yeah. golf grabs us. It really grabs us close and keeps us there for a long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and, I mean, just just going back. Imagine if you had started when you were like three or four years old. Things things could have been different. Or, or do you think it's it's just it is what it is, and and I mean slowly but surely, already you 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 you've probably caught up to some of those ladies that that had started mm. at a, at a lot of a younger age. Given the fact that you're already on the tour, I mean I personally yeah. know one or two ladies that started at that age and and just haven't been able to progress. So I think you you you've got to be mentally you've got to be mentally ready, and I think you as as a sportsman as a sports enthusiast and things like that. Being able to transition from one sport to the other is a huge thing, and and just following the yeah. passion, the heart, and and giving it the hard work, you know. Yeah, definitely. So I think um I think I started at the right age. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. I I can't think back and and say like maybe I should have started younger because this is going to sound terrible as a professional golfer, but football is my first love, and it always will be. I think you still <laughs> even know that. I mean, I'm, wow. I'm a, I watch, I don't miss any games. Uh, you know, I, it's still my, my passion, and but obviously golf is as well. Yeah. But I, I think I started at the right time, and I think also playing so many sports at such a young age and having a brother who also played sports and who played in the yeah. garden with me all the time, I had the I had a strong enough mentality to be able to change sports in life. 100%. Um, I mean, uh, I st- I went to St. Andrews for high school and uh, and my parents were pretty strict on you have to play summer and winter sports and that's because Storm was at St. Benedict's and that was the rule. So hockey was always easy for me because I'd always played hockey with Storm in the garden or whatever. But I didn't really have a summer sport because summer was always cricket when we were in primary school. I mean, that's just, that's how it was. Yeah. So I tried diving and that was, it was fun, but that messed my back <laughs> up properly. And I was like, well, if I'm going to, and I was quite, in- I was into golf at this point. Eh? Like I was like, this is it. This is so it. I said, I can't do diving. And I picked up a tennis racket. I'd never played tennis in my life. And you know my mom. I mean, my mom's very competitive. Eh? So I picked up a tennis racket and I was like, mom, I'm going to go play tennis now. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, she said, who's the coach and do they do private lessons? <laughs> and I was put into lessons straight away, once a week, twice a week sometimes. And wow. by the time I left St. Andrews in the beginning of grade 11, I was playing first team tennis. So I mean, it's... Wow. Yeah. So, so that's something we're definitely going to have to do in the near future is play some tennis together because I've also fallen quite in love with the game of tennis. It's it's an interesting it's, it's game fun. as it's well. Good yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, but it's but it's seriously it's good fun. Um, yeah, I realize how much fun it is when I go down to the Midlands. My best friend's little sister's like a proper tennis player. She's she's star and she's like a serious. She's just she won her first tournament a while back, 
and I go rally with her and it's an 11 year old and she's whipping my back because I don't play anymore and I'm like oh my god like what am I supposed to do and I'm like and then you go back to the technical side of your brain never sport whether I'm playing cricket with a tennis racket or hockey or whatever that like switches on and I'm like is my forehand to this and then you're like no okay just stop just hit the ball with her She's yeah. the important one in this scenario, not me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that competitive aspect and that, that technical aspect never shuts down in your brain when you play sports your whole life. Yeah. So, so I mean, with, with that being said, would you say you, you're, you're, you're a very competitive golfer? You, you obviously like to win. You, you like to go out there and, and do your best. And I think that can be from, from the fact that you, 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 played, you, you played a lot of sports from a young age. Competitiveness is something that's just sort of ingrained in you, right? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a blessing and a curse because people are like, oh, let's, let's have fun or whatever. And I think to myself, I'm not here to play for fun. I'm here <laughs> to play to win. Like it's, it's whatever I'm playing, I can be messing around with little kids in the garden. And it's, it's not, this isn't a joke. It's, yeah. we, we have to like win. It's, I don't know what your parents are teaching you, but I, I, I'm here to win. Like it, it doesn't matter who you are. And I'd, I'd get on a golf course with, Tiger, Rory, and Brooks, let's say, and I'll be there, and I'll, they'll be like, okay, cool, let's, let's play a little match play, have a bit of fun, and I'll be like, not yet to have fun, yeah, we need I'm, to win, I'm we can smile win. and laugh, cool, <laughs> but when you have a six-footer and you're like, is this good, I'm no, <laughs> you've got to pat that kind of thing, it's, we, we're playing for, for real stuff here, it's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, no, I love yeah. that, I love that, man. And, and Have and, fun, but win, if it makes Exactly. Win and, and yes. have fun while you're doing it. Yeah. You got a smile on your face and you're winning. I mean, it's, 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 it's what you can do. Yeah, it's a win-win. It's a, what more do you yeah. need from life, man? Um, exactly. <laughs> oh, you, you've got me giggled up here. Um, um, let me see. Let me see. I've just got a little like, I've got a little list here of a couple of things that I really wanted to talk about and, and stuff like that. Let me see over here. I mean, you, 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 you've already briefly mentioned it. Your time in America. Uh, what was what was the reasoning yes. behind all of that? And I think share share some of the memories, some of the experiences. And I think what was most cool, so, something I really enjoyed when you did tell me about that, and I and I know it's something that means a lot to you, was the fact that you had your best friend there with you. Um, I'm sure that made the whole process a lot more, a lot easier, and things like that. But but. I mean, as, as a whole, what was that whole experience like? And, and what did you go to America for? So it started, so my best friend, Kiara, she, she had been playing golf for years. And when she turned 18, she knew this is what she was going to do. It wasn't, there was no ifs, ands, what's about it. Um, I, was, I wasn't sure. Uh, like I said, I was going to take that, that year and um, play another year of amateur golf and, and see if I could maybe represent South Africa as an amateur in that year or whatever. But I... Uh, I got an offer from her dad because he didn't really want her to go on her own and, and that kind of stuff. Not knowing her bad, I mean, she could have gone and killed her on her own, but 100%. I think to have someone with you in that, because it can be very lonely, um, yeah. was a big thing. And he said, you'll pay for my flights and accommodation and I'll go with and I'll pay, I, have, I just pay for my entry fees and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's an offer, you can't refuse an offer like that. I mean, someone's offering you the offer of a, li of a lifetime. So yeah. sat down with my parents and we all, we all agreed and, and I instead of an amateur like I said earlier and I knew what we were doing we we're going to a few different states and we we're going to play they're called mini um mini tours so I don't know okay. if you've heard of the Bushveld or the IGT tours in South uh, Africa I've heard of the I've heard of the IGT I don't know too much about it but but yeah 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 so it's it's basically a mini tour so you can get 
you bet you you don't have much chance but you can get a sunshine to a card through them but okay. it's, it's it's like a there's a lot of guys fighting for it that makes sense so with the ones we were playing it wasn't you couldn't get symmetra off that or or that kind of stuff but you were playing you were learning you were playing with people from around the world you were learning you were meeting new people which was very cool so we played the first year where they were there for about six months um, we started in Florida and played quite a well. Actually, we started in South Carolina. We spent majority of the time in Florida. So yeah. we started in South Carolina and went down to Florida. Um, we spent some time in um, Georgia, Atlanta with one of the friends we know on the Sunshine, the men's tour that Kiara knew and spent some time there, which was also very cool. Um, and we just traveled, drove up and down. The one, one night, we, one day we drove from North Carolina down, back down to Florida my brother was living in florida at the time oh, um wow. so and we had a tournament coming up so we drove down to fort lauderdale it was probably about 14 hours and on the way there there was a restaurant we both like loved eh? they had the best lamb chops you've ever had in your life so we sat down at about eight o'clock for dinner and then carried on driving and then got got there like an hour later whatever middle of the night it was it had been a long 14 hours um but it was a lot of fun because we we drove a lot. We saw a lot of Florida. Like the one the one weekend we had off, we drove to Tampa. We wouldn't have seen Tampa otherwise. And mm. so that was the the reason was to go with her. And I got the opportunity to go play GHO school, which was part of the whole process at the end of all of this. So the end of the six month stretch, which was in California, um, which was also very cool. So we spent some time in LA because my mom wow. had um, flown up to visit my brother and I. So all of us had met in LA. And we spent, uh, I spent a few days with her, which was very cool to see her again after six months or whatever and that kind of stuff and do a bit of touristy stuff amongst, amongst all the, all the golf. Um, so we saw them and then drove down to um, Palm Desert where Q school was. So Rancho Mirage, that kind of area, um, 50 degrees, thick humidity, like wow. it was, it's crazy. Like playing golf and that but you're on carts which is a perk you're on carts for the first round of two schools so that was it was a lot of fun eh? i mean we saw the golf hall of fame in in florida so i mean you see we saw a lot and did a lot i think when you think back you don't realize how much you actually did yeah. that wasn't golf related but still golf related kind of thing and it was yeah we had a we had a good time yeah it was a uh, it was a good eye opener of what the future would hold and then went the next year again that was only for three months though so 2019 um a little less time it's not cheap i mean like we've spoken about before it's it's not the cheapest experience going overseas and living there and, and trying to earn money and, and that kind of thing so the next time was a little bit less time and we spent more time in california that time so we actually had an apartment which was also which was better because you actually felt like we had a bit of a home coming back to at the end of the day mm. whereas traveling can be lonely even if you're with someone eh? because you it's a different hotel or different Airbnb every week and it's pack, unpack, pack, unpack, get your, find somewhere to do your washing, eat this. So to be able to actually stay in an apartment where you could cook your own food and that, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference from having to always eat out and, and that kind of stuff. You feel better as well. You feel mm. more you again, like homey and yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I think like a lot of people, there's a bit of a misconception with golf because you think like traveling the world it's it's amazing and and it's like living out of a bag is super cool and stuff but the loneliness is real and and i mean i didn't think of it from the part where like you you you're eating out all the time and you have to even find people to do your washing but i mean even though we don't like to do that stuff 
eventually you yeah. want to do that stuff and and it does give you a little bit of a sense of home and stuff like that um the 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 traveling part of of your job right like you're moving from yeah. province to province city to city what are the biggest challenges that you have in that um sure there's a few so airlines with their stupid baggage weight thing a bit of a pain to be honest with you i don't think they give you 20 20 kilos for a golf bag i don't think they think about the fact that each shaft weighs like 110 grams i know it doesn't sound like much but yeah. just your bag of 14 clubs the bag and like six golf balls is already most of your weight mm, and then mm. you have to you can't put your shoes in your suitcase because then your suitcase is too much. And then oftentimes, because you're only going for a few days, instead of paying for an extra bag, you're putting everything in your golf bag and as much into a little carry-on bag as you can. So your shoes have to go in the golf bag. And then if you're going to a place like Cape Town, you don't know what weather you're getting. Even if you check the weather app, you don't know what weather you're getting yeah, because a rainstorm can come from nowhere. So you've got rain gear as well in your bag. So then you get to the airport and they're like, oh, sorry, 22 kilos. And I'm like, what do you what do you want from me so that's yeah. already like a already and then it's it's if you're on your own it's it's difficult it's just because you play golf golf takes four hours in professional sports so you you're out there for and if you spend an hour afterwards so you're there for six hours of the day so if you tee off at seven o'clock you're there from six till twelve maybe eat lunch with a few of your friends afterwards so you're back at the hotel or wherever you're staying at two and you're on your own if you know what i mean like it's that can be lonely yeah. Um, I'm okay because generally I'll have a nap and then I'll go out and find something to eat kind of thing because cool. you know you always got a nap. But <laughs> um, it's yeah, and then like, you ever realized how sh like bad TV is? There's there's never anything on. Yeah. So then you're going on sports channels and watching sports that are like highlights that you've seen four times already. But you you sit there and that's and but it's it's also fun because you're seeing new places all the time. You're playing different golf courses. I mean, this year I got to play Mon Montague at Fan Court, which I'd never wow. played before. Because wow. Dada didn't have amateurs, the ladies got to play fan court, the, the Montague side this year when we normally only play Otaniqua. Yeah. So that's also cool. I mean, that's, that was a new experience for me. Um, of course, I hadn't played. So that was, that was also a lot of fun. And, and you go to cool places. I mean, we go to George and Cape Town and Sun City for one. So, and then I, what I like as well is there's two in Joburg. So there's two where I am at home and I, I can be in my space. And it's, yeah. it's easier that way as well. 100%. But it is beautiful to travel and as lonely as it can be, there are perks to it. 100%. And also you meet new people and you find new things. And Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say that, like, as, as bad as some of the bad can be, I'm sure the good outshines it most of the time because you, you, you're out yeah. there. I mean, the world is it's so big. There, there's so many opportunities. You, you could walk into a restaurant today and, and meet someone who could be your best friend for the rest of your life. And it could be in Cape yeah. Town. It could be Durban, Port Elizabeth, who knows where. But I think that's exactly. for, for me, that's like something I, I personally love about. I love about the sport. The fact that you're not so you're not set in one place. So you, you constantly have to also keep on. Yeah. Keep on evolving yourself, you know, to 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 just constantly be be able to adapt to new situations and environments yeah. and stuff like that. And and I think it grows you as a person most definitely. It does. Yeah. I think also yeah. for social golfers, like someone like yourself, who you might not have mates who are playing golf, but if you go to a golf course, if you find a golf course two or three days in advance and be like, Are there any three balls or two balls in the field, just put me with them kind of thing. And it's also a way of meeting new people. And I met a lot of people at the, the golf course I've played at my whole life with stuff like that because you book a one ball and they can't, they need more people in the, they've got 
the field's full and you were one boy, you're going to put people with you. And the, the meeting and the for social aspect for especially someone like yourself and that, it's, it's also very cool like to just Love those, the people you meet along the way. I mean, you might never see them again, but you 100%. might have a regular four ball from now on kind of thing. It's just that, yeah. that's the cool part about it. Probably one of my favorite parts of golf is, is the fact that, yeah, you can go out there and, and like you mentioned, you, you either meet people that you may never see again, but at, I mean, you played 18 holes together, you had a job, you never see them again, or you, 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 you meet people and, and they can be friends for life. And it's super important. And, yeah. and that's what golf, that golf allows that because it's very much a, it's an open community sport. And I think it's only, yeah. it's only growing, it's only changing and evolving as, as, as time goes on. And, and I really see a bright future for golf, especially like, I don't know yeah. if you've noticed, but in, in the last couple of weeks or, or months and whatever, the younger generation, and, and, and it's probably our generation, they seem to be taking a lot more to golf, which is super cool because yeah. then we can go out there and we're not playing with guys who are a lot older than us and, and mentalities are a little bit different, but you, you, you may be paired with some guys that are our age and, and it's super cool because... Yeah. You know, we, we just relate a little bit easier on, 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 on certain things. Um, yeah, that's true. 100%. What, I mean, as a person, you've obviously grown a lot through golf and, and through things that you've, things that you've learned and, and, and gone through over life. But what do you think is maybe one of the most important things that golf as a sport has taught you and, and sort of groomed you into the person you are today? Um, I think patience is a big one. Um, I think I've I've generally been a pretty patient. I was a pretty patient kid. I think, and obviously you have your ticks in that, which is fair. But um, I think the fact that the the patience you have to learn because you can be doing everything right on the golf course and come out shooting eighty, and you can be doing everything wrong on the golf course and shoot seventy two kind of thing. Mm. It's about being able to to just be patient. Are you looking to update your golf bag? Well, look no further. This podcast is proudly sponsored by The Golf Shop South Africa, your one-stop shop to buy, sell and trade golf equipment ranging from clubs, shafts to golf carts. Be sure to head over to thegolfshop.southafrica on Instagram to update your bag today. There's, there's the patience part of it that you can go out and and just feel like you, you couldn't do a thing wrong on the golf course and you only shoot level one over one under kind of thing. But the next day you keep that, that momentum going and you come out and you shoot six or seven under because you're a patient and they started dropping kind of thing. Just because you, you, you hold yourself to a standard of, of knowing that I've worked for this for my whole life. I've, I've got to this point where I've just got to keep putting it out, keep going, keep doing it. Like that, That's all you can do. So I think patience is definitely a big aspect. I've learned more so. And the quote, I can't even remember who it's by, which is bad because I should, but that one about golf is the closest thing to life you'll ever find, which is very true because, I mean, you can play 18 holes and you can have the most ups and downs you've ever experienced in your life on a golf course. And you can have that in your day-to-day life as well as a human being. I mean, it's... Mm. I look at myself as like someone who's played golf for so long now and who's learning and who's growing and, and look at people who, who go into like university straight away and, and that kind of thing. And you're on a completely different path. Yeah, no, very much so. And I think that's also why like, I love the game is because at the end of the day, it's, it's totally up to you. 
what what you can achieve out there yeah. i mean i think that quote was on uh, arnold palmer if i'm not mistaken that quote that you mentioned earlier it, it was either arnie or um bobby jones one of the two of them one of the two legends but i mean yeah, yeah it's exactly like that because there, there there can be times you just hit the perfect shots and you just get a bad break or you get a bad bounce or, yeah. or you know it's it's it, it's a very close game to the game of life and i think it exposes your it exposes your character to yourself and there's not much Definitely. things we do in 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 our everyday life that that exposes ourselves to ourselves and then you really yeah. got to like sometimes sit back and think okay wow this is this is real this is the real world it is also <laughs> um, with anger i mean anger is a big emotion in life and you learn you learn how to control anger differently when you play golf. I mean, when I was younger, it's, you want to break stuff. You want to listen. All those times where I hit a shot and I'm like, I'm going to break something. But the way you compose yourself as well, you learn. Like, whereas at 16, I would have like swung hard at the ground or threatened to like hit it against a tree or whatever. Where now I just, I just stop. I either give my club back to my caddy or I hold on to it and I carry on walking and it's a bit more of a faster walk and you can see the, the frustration, but it's a lot less like your composure and your, you, you can see you've learned how to just be like, you always worry there's a camera on you. That makes sense. Like yeah, you don't want yeah. someone to see you snap a golf club kind of thing. There's not always a camera, but I don't want someone to see me. Imagine coming home and your mom and dad are like, Kelsey, that is so bad of you. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. When you know, you shouldn't be doing stuff like that kind of thing. Hundred percent, and 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 I think the satisfaction that that comes after the round when you know that there was one or two moments where you could have, you know, just lost it, and that cup that that club could have been flying into the water, but it didn't happen. Lying. Yeah. yeah. You, you 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 you've composed yourself. There's there's definitely some satisfaction that comes with that at, at the end of the day. Yeah, and breaking teas in your pocket helps. Oh, uh, is it? Need a tip. Yeah, okay. you just put your hand in your pocket and you you because I, yeah. I only play with wooden teas, so you just put your hand in your pocket and you. You try and break one. Sometimes you'll end up hurting yourself. I've done that before. I've like poked myself in the hand. Yeah. Um, but every now and again, you just need something. You need to feel that satisfaction of something just giving, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, so by doing it in your pocket, nobody sees. I mean, and yeah. you still got 14 clubs in your bag. So, I mean, then you've won, right? Uh, absolutely. I'm putting tea. a note to myself here. That is something I'm definitely going to do. Get myself some wooden tees, keep them in the pocket for those for those moments where I just feel like, you know, things aren't yeah. going my way or, or whatever the case. And then if you don't have a broken tee on a par three, you've got one in your pocket. There, there, there we go. So so there's yeah, methods there's to the madness, to ladies and gentlemen. There's there methods, methods to the madness. <laughs> definitely. Um, Sam, obviously you, you've had a lot of relationships with with people and stuff through golf um something i wanted to talk a little bit about and something that intrigues me quite a bit is caddy player relationship um what has that been like have have is, is a caddy something that's super important to you is it someone that's just carrying the bag do do they have uh, an impact on your game or, or do you sort of keep all of that to yourself what, what is that process like for you so I've, I've had a, f a few caddies, not, not like in a bad way, but I mean, I've, I've had a few. So I had my, my last caddy, he was a sunshine to a caddy. Um, his name was David. Okay. Um, him and I actually ended up, we had a bad year this year. Um, he wasn't the same as he had been in the years like past and that, because he had caddied for me for a good year and a half, I think it was, on sunshine tour. And whenever I had other events in South Africa when I needed him, um, and I actually ended up having to let him go the end of my well, actually not the end of my sunshine tour season um before i traveled to george and cape the last two events uh, i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore his his whole demeanor had changed and his attitude towards me and it, it felt like i wasn't playing for me it felt like i was playing for him because i don't know if 
financial times it hit him or whatever, or it was just, it felt like if I had a bad shot, I was more worried about the, the what would happen to me with him than mm. what I need to think of for myself. So I think your caddy definitely plays a huge impact on you. So, because I mean, the years past, him and I worked well, so well together. I mean, a lot of people didn't get on with him, but he's very dry and he's very quiet. So I can make a joke and he'll kind of laugh or he'll say something funny. He doesn't even realize it's funny. And I'm like laughing and he's like, like, what are you laughing at? So very dry, dry man. Um, so, and it worked because I, I find myself quite funny a lot of the time with my sense of humor and I'm pretty good with my dad jokes, you know? Got a 100%, few of them. 100%, so, I can vouch for so, that. And he always just, yeah, he always just like played along with it and he had, Every now and again, I'd get too, like, if, if, when you play with a friend on Sunshine Tour or wherever in the world, if Kiara and I actually never played with each other in America, I think they knew that they couldn't put us together because <laughs> it'd just be too much of a laugh for the two of us than anything else. But um, when you play with a friend, so I've got quite a few few mates, and when you play with them, you obviously chat more because they know more about your life and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and every now and again, he'd, he'd say, listen, Carlos, can we just, just take a step back for a hole or two just to, to reset and that kind of thing? And that was a really cool part of him. Um, it was really, really nice that he could, he could be like that. But then the, the, this year, I mean, he, just, he, he was like a, a shadow of his old self. So I, that it definitely plays a part. So I had a, a local caddy when I went down to George this year and he was very good. I mean, I said to him, listen, I'll take you whenever I'm in George from now on if, that, if you want. Um, he must have been like six foot five, massive oak. Like wow. my bag looked like a, you know, like when an adult carries their little kid's um, pre-primary bag, you know, there's like pink frozen ba yeah, whatever yeah. bag. <laughs> That's what my golf bag looked like on his back. Um, wow. He just picked it up like a like it was a rag doll and like threw it on his back and I was like, all right, we are on our way. Yeah, and just carries on. Yeah, very funny guy, very talkative, um, which is also nice because sometimes you need you need that because when you're not playing with friends and you're playing with people you don't know, some people don't talk, eh? Mm. They, if oh, you look serious. at Tiger before his comeback, how many times did you see him talk to the players he was playing with? Whereas now he's become more, he's gotten older and he talks more, but some people, they don't talk on the golf course. So you have to find ways that you, it's going to sound like I'm insane, but you talk to yourself a lot on the golf course. And it's, yeah. it's small tidbits of this and that and of you, what you have to do. And mentally, like my mental pick, like stuff I have to do and that kind of stuff. So to have a caddy you can talk to is very nice. Um, and then SA Open came around and because SA Open was co-sanctioned with European Tour, they have a, it's what's called the bubble. Okay. So you have to, you and your caddy have to stay in a specific um, uh, loc location is not the right word, like a, there's specific uh, accommodations that have been booked out that you, mm -hmm. you have to book into. Um, COVID testing and once you're in the bubble, you're only allowed at your residence and at the golf course. So my dad would, wasn't able to come this year, otherwise he would have been my first call because um, my little brother was due the weekend of SA Open. Mm -hmm. So my dad's best friend, Nigel, who I've known for quite a few years now and I get along really well with, I asked him to do it and he was, and it was last minute, I was sitting on the Saturday in George and I was flying, I think that afternoon or the next day, uh, no, I was driving to Cape Town from George the next day or whatever. And I phoned him and I said, listen, Nigel, I'm in a, I'm in a jam here because I, I don't have a caddy, I don't, I, I can't carry my own bag kind of thing. Like, and he said, don't worry, hopped on a plane, got there. And it's, I can see myself in the future with him on the bag. He was, he was brilliant. So he'd never really use the yardage 
uh, yardage book before. So I said, don't worry, keep it. So you buy two because you can't use your range finder. So you buy two, so you, he's got his. And I said, when we're in the practice round, I'll, I'll teach you what I know because those yardage books can be complicated, eh? There's a lot of different things on there where you're like, that looks interesting. I don't know what it means, but it looks interesting. So I taught him what I know, like the letters on the ground and walking them and showing him the distances and that. And by the first round, he, he was ready. He knew what he knew what was going on, and and we got we got along well, and it, it worked. The, the the partnership with caddy and player worked really well. Um, I didn't play well, and I wasn't hitting the ball well, and it just wasn't nothing was working for me as the player. So there's no blame on anyone else. With mm. me as the player, but that caddy caddy player relationship is a big thing because they generally your half man for one, um, they're your biggest supporter for two, um, and they're there. I mean, you've got 18 holes with them. You've got before the round, after the round. They're always there. I mean, it's it's never just okay, cool. I'll see you on the first tee at seven, and then they leave at 11, kind of thing, and you don't see them again until the next day. They're there through everything. I mean eat lunch together, this, that, go to the range together. It's, it's a massive part of the game, I think, personally. Mm. Because you, you can be so alone out there, but by having someone you get along with and know and understands your game and what you're going through can be the difference between hating it and loving it on the day, whether it's going well or bad. Because you can play well and still hate what you're doing on the golf course. Mm. But by having your your half man and your your... Your partner, I mean, it's your partner. It's like when you're playing cricket, you've got your your butt on the other side of the stumps when you're batting. You know, it's there's someone there for you all the time, 100%. and it's, it's I think it's a massive part of it, and a lot of their success. I mean, it's it's a massive part of it. You can see with Jordan Spieth and his caddy. I mean, the two of them are like two peas in a pod. Even Colin Morikawa and his caddy. I mean, it's it's scary. I watched a video on there's an app called Deco, um, where he it's a YouTube video, and you can get an app of stats and that where they break down like the chat between Colin Morikawa and his caddy and that kind of thing. And it's, it's, you, you see how big of a role they actually play in it and how they sometimes know your game better than you know your game, mm. which is also scary. Yeah. And I mean, Colin, he had a, he had an amazing season and, and I definitely think some of the credit needs to go to his caddy. I've seen one or two of those conversations <laughs> and it's like, it's unbelievable. And then we, we, we talk about Jordan Spieth and his caddy. I mean, those guys do everything together and you can yeah. just see how much of an input he actually has in Jordan's game. He knows Jordan yeah. backwards. I think maybe sometimes, sometimes he feels like he knows Jordan better than Jordan knows himself. Um, I think so important. too. Yeah, it's, it's important because he can bring out the best and, and he can really yeah. just, uh, just be there, be there when you guys really yeah, need it. Definitely. So it's really important. Yeah, so that Colin Murakawa one is, is insane. I mean, when you watch him, Colin's trying to pick a club and he's caddy saying to him, just hang on, like, just listen, like, let's just talk about this because of where, because landing area and all that kind of stuff, it makes a difference, especially with depending on the greens. You're playing on harder greens and softer greens and that. And just the way he said to him, this needs to pitch this amount and it needs to run out this amount. And like, just the, the, it's scary how much input they have and how much you need that input on, especially on shots. Like, I think it was uh, either, he needed to make birdie or it was that playoff hole or whatever against Justin Thomas where him and his caddy were chatting or whatever. And just to pull off a shot like that in that kind of pressure, the fact that you have your caddy telling you there that that is the club, there's no other club for you to hit. It's, it's, it's a, you can't do that on your own when you're in that much of a pressure situation in my opinion. Yeah. And just to have someone who like believes and backs you a hundred percent. And even if you like, but I can't hit the yeah. shots and, and they're there telling you like, but I've seen you hit the shot a thousand times. I know you can do it. You're going to do it. You, you, yeah. you start to believe in yourself a little bit more, which is super important. Or even saying, 
or even the caddy saying, when you say you can't hit that shot, what shot do you want to hit? So you say, I'd rather club up and like die the club on a kind of thing or, or this kind of thing. Like, so for the caddy to be able to say to you, but what do you want to hit? Because this is what I think. So it's also a conversation. It's not, a, I'm telling you to hit this or I'm going to hit this. It's a conversation of what you, you both think will work the best kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's always a conversation. To... Yeah, and, you, and yes. you've got to trust, you've got to trust each other. I think that's really important. Exactly. You've got to trust each other because, exactly. yeah, in that conversation, even if even if you don't feel like it's the right thing, you know that you trust this person, you know this person has your best interest at heart at the end of the day. And whichever way the whichever way the decision goes, yeah. it's gonna be the best for for your golf game. And and and, yeah. and I think that's the most important. Exactly. So I walked off is off the second round of SO open, knowing I'd miss cut. But knowing that every club Nigel and I decided on was the club we, we we both agreed on and we spoke about. And if I said, I think it's too much, and he said, no, but remember this and that. And every every shot we played was a conversation. Whereas when I played the four events with David, it felt like I was, I couldn't make my own decisions anymore kind of thing. So with him, it, I knew I'd walked off and him and I had made decisions together. It wasn't me overriding or him overriding. It was a team effort. And the fact that I couldn't pitch up on the two days to to put the goals together it's it was we did it together and uh, i trusted everything he said and he trusted everything i said it was good input on both ends 100 percent, 100 percent. and and yeah. so so i think we're definitely going to be seeing that we're going to be seeing nigel on the bag in the near future <laughs> yeah i definitely think so he said he's ready for SA open next year so i was like okay cool and then he said um not big on the traveling part so you'll do the, the joburg ones and i was like no that's fine because there's two joburg ones and an SA open one can take that local at uh, George again, which is perfect because I really liked go. him and I want to see him throw my bag around like a ragdoll again. <laughs> and then, uh, listen, Gary Player, they, those local caddies or something else at Gary Player. So, I mean, throw one of them in there. And then, yeah. you know, Cape Town, we just go with it kind of thing, you know? 100%. Just go with it. Just go with the flow and, 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 yeah. and see what happens. Exactly. I mean, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then when I make it one day, we can talk about a permanent job for him. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then he's going to be earning exactly. big cash. He's going to be living and big then he's cash. probably going to like that. He's probably going to like the traveling a little bit more than he does now. <laughs> yeah. Cause it'll be overseas. I mean, sure. I'll bring my dad along just so he has a buddy to go party with while I'm sleeping, you know? hundred <laughs> um, percent. So yeah. when, when does the next season start for you? Um, so schedule will normally come out like, November, December kind of time, but uh, Sunshine Ladies will probably start in January, um, okay. end of end of January. So the first tournament generally goes last few days of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many events there'll be this year because it changes. So because of COVID, um, there was only six events this year. So I don't know how many there'll be next year. Um, and also sponsors. I mean, Ladies Golf is growing, but it's growing slowly, but fast at the same time, if you know what I mean. Like mm. this was the first year I've heard so many men talk about the Salam Cup and how they actually watched it and enjoyed it and sat there and like, like we're almost as into it as they would be into the Ryder Cup, which is also very nice to hear. So mm. it's growing, but it's 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 not as big as it can be and will be in the future. Yeah. So the more it grows, especially here, the more events we'll get and the more um just the more support and the more willing to see women grow in sports kind of thing. The events will get more and more pay and it, it get the prize purses get bigger every year, which is also nice. So hopefully there's eight events instead of six like this year, but I, I can see it being six again with the, the bigger prize, uh, prize purses. 
Yeah. But that'll probably run from uh, end of January to middle of March. It opens normally middle end of March because that's normally our last event. And then um, I'm trying to go to America as soon as possible next year. Um, just get on. There's a there's another tour we found called the. Um, oh, can't think of it now. It will come. Can't think of it now, but it, it'll come eventually. <laughs> um, and they have links to Symmetra tour and that, so that'll be good fun. So hopefully going over there and and getting some good results and and making Q school feel less pressurized because mm. it's it's scary stepping up onto that first tee even though I've done it twice and knowing that you you have to peak this week and to like a lot of players can prepare their peak they can in a lot of different sports they can prepare their peak in golf you can't prepare peak because it's almost like it's changes the seasons you're gonna peak when you peak kind of thing it's. Mm. You can work and work and work and not peak that week, but peak the following week when Q school's over. And that's just how it is. I mean, that's yeah. You just got to keep working. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you've just got to take it for, for what it is and and not let it get you down yeah. and just keep on going. And yeah, it's golf. I mean, you 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 you'll you'll probably peak when you're least expecting to, and when you really need to, yeah. it's just not going to happen. It's just golf. Exactly. It's going to be a are, pain, man. Yeah. Are you someone who 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 sets like goals for 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 the for the new season? Are you someone who sets on and off course goals, or how how, how do you go about that? So I think um, my psychologist would like it if we set better goals, but it's more short term stuff. So planning. So we sat down um, probably beginning of July, and we just sat down and we we talked strategy of tournament golf. So I needed to be playing tournament golf. So Standard Bank is doing this awesome thing where they set up a program for us every month with a prize purse separate from the program side of it. So I've got one of those a month. Um, and then that Bush Felter, I've got a, so the last two months we've had two programs. So it's basically trying to play three events a month. So either two proms and a Bush Felt or a prom and two Bush Felts, depending. So this month I had a prom at Royal last week, the OJ Molefe Foundation one. Um, I've got one tomorrow at Eagle Canyon, um, and then I'll play Bushfelds at the end of September. And then in September, I mean, in, in October, I've only got one prom that I know of, unless more come, obviously, um, mm -hmm. and I'll play two Bushfelds events and a prom. So I'm trying to play as much as possible, and that's the goal going in before next year, and just keeping that competitive aspect of the golf game going, and just fine-tuning the swing in that, because I've, I've changed my shot shape at the be uh, beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. I stopped trying to force a draw and I'm trying to hit a baby fade in there. And then with that comes problems of fade swings because I've always had draw swing problems. So trying to fix that and make sure that I don't go back to old habits and don't find new habits and that kind of stuff. So once that all, once we all iron that out and that it should be, it should be good going into next year. I'm excited for next year. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be a good season. I mean, you're only growing each yeah. and every season. You're learning so much. You, 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 you sit here and, and you speak with so much, so much experience and so much, I can't think of the word right now, but, but it really shows that golf is teaching you a lot and you're really growing a lot as a yeah. person, which is, which is beautiful. And I think it's you never only, stop learning. you never stop learning. And, and that's the game of yeah. life. That's the game of golf and, and all of those types exactly. of things. Exactly. Um, what is to date? Exactly. You've, you've probably, you've had a lot of golfing experiences. Has there ever been, I mean, who's the best person you've ever played with? What is your most favorite golf story that when someone who doesn't really knows you and, and sits down and says, Kals, what is the best thing that's ever happened to you in golf? What, what, what is the story that you give them? So, um, 
Baholian one's a pretty good one. Um, it's quite a while ago now. It was in 2013, I think. Um, that's always a good a good one because a lot of people don't have them, but a lot of people do, and they can understand like what it feels like. So that's always a good one. And then with going with golf, um, we play that dimension data program every year, and you meet celebrities. I mean, and I've met Sir Kenny Dalglish, and that for me was the the pit say because I'm wow. a massive Liverpool supporter. So actually, like walk into the the tents. I think it was my first star dart ever. And like walk into the tent and you like look and you're like, no. And then you look again. And when I actually realized it was him, I was like, yo, Kiara, come, I need to get a photo with him. And I was like, like I was like fangirling properly. And I mean, I wasn't even old enough to really watch him play, but just the fact that I knew that he's a Liverpool legend, I was like, oh, I can finally meet a Liverpool player. This is so exciting. Like, so that's also a cool story to tell. I know it's not golf, it's golf related to a point, but it's not actual yeah. like on-course stuff, but it's so cool. Like people are like, wow, that's amazing. Because I mean, you don't often, as South Africans, get to say, I've met like a football legend kind of thing. Um, and then America, just as a whole, like people are always like, oh, so what are your plans? And then I say, well, I'm going to do what I've done and, and go back to America and do that. And you just think back and like all the fun like you have and the courses I've played in America. I mean, when they play the ANA Inspiration every year, the LPGA, I, I watch and I look and I'm like, wow, I've actually played the golf course. I've, I've been there. I've, I've stood on that tee box. I've, that, and people are always like, wow, that's that's actually very cool. Yeah. So that's also cool. There's a lot of, I could talk to you for hours about all the cool things that have been done. I mean, like playing Leopard Creek as well for the first time was was amazing for me. Um, just purely because we have such a beautiful, we have so many beautiful golf courses in South Africa. But such a beautiful golf course on the Kruger National Park and where you can like see the animals. And it's also for me, that was, I was like 13 or 14. I was like, wow, this is like spectacular. Yeah. So I could talk your ear off on memories, but I mean, there's so many and we're so lucky in South Africa with the golf courses we have. And, and but also to have the ability to go overseas and play golf courses there is also like special. And it's, it's a lot of memories that I could talk to you about. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just say those few. <laughs> <laughs> We're just throwing in a few, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to tune into another episode to hear all of the stories. <laughs> um, no problem. We'll do story time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sto story time with Kelsey Nicholas. It's got a ring to it. It's seven, got a ring to it. Seven under. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, there was something I wanted to ask. I just It's just slipped my mind right now um oh yeah that's it you you mentioned growth in in ladies golf in south africa and it's obviously i think ladies golf hasn't grown as much as as we as we would have liked it to what do you think what do you think are one or two key factors that would help speed up the growth of of ladies golf in general what, what do you um, think is missing I think ladies golf overseas so european tour and lpga tour is growing a lot faster hmm. um in South Africa, it's 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 a slow burner, I think, personally. Um, I don't think COVID helped, like I said earlier, with, mm. with a lot of companies that used to sponsor and now just just you just can't do it. They don't have the funds to be able to do it, which is also fair. I mean, you can't criticize a company for not sponsoring because they don't have money. I mean, they don't sure. have money to do it. But I think um I think we have because super sport does all our sports or whatever, like um airing and that, I think. If we got more more of event of our events showing live, so more live coverage of it, where it's unless it's SA open, it's only it's only highlight reels. So a 30 minute thing it's not four enough. weeks later kind of thing. 
it's not enough in terms of exposure. So Supersport Swans are one of our events and we all thank Supersport for that kind of thing. But I think if if they could do more live airings, that would be, I think that would also grow it massively because mm-hmm. then people are turning the TV on on a, on a whatever day we're playing on a Wednesday when there's no other golf and they're like, oh, let's see what, what our country's doing because there's a lot of South Africans in the field at the end of the day. Yeah. So let's see what the ladies that are representing us doing and I think that would grow a lot as well because people will be more like in tune to see it. Like it'll be there and they'll turn it on and they'll be like, oh, wow, this is on. I didn't even realize. And then the next day they'll they'll go back because they know it's there kind of thing. Mm. So I think the exposure of television would be massive for Sunshine Ladies too and the girls in South Africa, especially because a lot of them struggle to be able to go overseas financially and that because it's not easy. I mean, this year, especially a lot of people on like our also... Actually, this year it wasn't going to happen with all the quarantines you have to do overseas. And it's mm. just, it's adding an extra 20, 30, 40,000 rand to your, to your budget that's already limited, if you know what I mean. Mm. So I think that exposure and then, I don't know, I just, it's, it's a hard one because a lot of people will put, especially in South Africa, will put money towards sports that everyone knows of. Like even the Sunshine men don't get enough coverage, I don't think. They could also mm. get more. Mm. So it's if if we could and the country could just appreciate golf a bit more and put more time and effort into it i think it would make a big deal whether it's ladies or men's but obviously more ladies because that's <laughs> what we need especially for no but for prize purses and everything i mean it's yeah. we, we need that so i think there just needs to be more exposure in south africa as a whole with mm. what we actually have as talent because there's a lot of really talented south african golfers out there so we just need a need some help mm. that's all yeah 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 and and i think it it, it just creates it creates more hype it creates more of a following it's like week in and week out we we get to see we we get to see players and we get to see swings and and slowly but surely we can start following exactly we're learning their names we we know what they're shooting week in and week out and it's it's exactly yeah. like I mean how the PGA tour works. I, I mean if yeah, someone how who doesn't follow watch, the PGA. Yeah, in, in in six months of watching the PGA, you can pretty much know what, what's going on with almost everybody. You learn names so quickly, you 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 start to you 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 start to create a liking towards certain players, disliking towards yeah. others. And it's super important. So, I mean, I really hope that we can see some of that in the near future, especially in South Africa, where you mentioned yeah. there's so much talent and we, we, we're not short of talent from the men's to the, to the no. ladies. South Africa is blessed with raw talent. Guys can, uh, guys and ladies just go out there and do their thing. And it's, and it's amazing. And, and I really hope that I really hope for, for everyone that golf in South Africa can, can, can start to grow. And, and I, and I think you, you really, yeah. you really hit the nail on the head there. There needs to be some more coverage there. There needs to be a little bit more of yeah. that stuff so that there's more following more hype and, and all of that stuff. Um, and that goes with most sports in South Africa. There needs to be some, the sports, head of sports in South Africa or whatever they call the minister of sport, he needs to like actually make sports like known in South Africa, if that makes sense. Like yeah. there's so many sports that we play and that we're good at and that we can do well in overseas and that kind of thing. But there's no, there's no push. There's no encouragement. There's no, this is why people leave so quickly to go to, yeah. to other countries to play sports. And that's why we lose so many cricketers as well. I mean, look we at We lose England. cricketers, I mean, rugby players. Like, I mean, if, if we had yeah. to probably pull up stats, it would be frightening how many guys actually stay in the country to play sports as opposed to yeah. the guys that go overseas to England. England is a huge, is a huge country that are taking all of our talents at the moment. Exactly. <laughs> like if you look at cricket, cricket. Yeah. 
if you look at cricket, I mean, if, it must have been like 10 years ago they were playing and South Africa were fielding. And I think it was Peterson and well, what was his name? Uh, it wasn't Cook, was it? Um, the batsman. He was also a South African. Maybe. And yeah, it was like there's only South Africans on the field. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. know if it was Alistair Cook, though. But yeah, I, I mean, it's, the yeah. amount of talent we have, is, it's scary and it's just not nurtured enough. Yeah, opportunities I, I, aren't given enough. To I always go back to it's like there, there, there's no talent management here, and without yeah. talent management, I mean, either guys are going to fall out of love with the game and they're going to start looking for uh, more of a stable financial career and things like that. Because at the end of the day, yeah. the money's not too good in the country. But I mean, and 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 you look at you look at school sports. How many people in school sports achieve great things? We, we've got great cricket weeks. We've got yeah. great rugby weeks. Um, I, I believe they 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 slowly starting to introduce some some sort of golf weeks and stuff into into the school into yeah. schools. But if if talent and stuff can just be managed a little bit better, honestly, nurtured, the, yeah, nurtured exactly. And and I mean from from young ages to to even guys who only want to start at 12, 13 or fifteen, yeah. whatever the case may be, if if it can be properly managed, um, I think we'd be an unstoppable nation when it comes to sports. And I think we'd have even sure. more of an impact on and and more of an influence on on the PGA professional golf to a. Uh, in in professional cricket, rugby, and all of that. I mean, our rugby is great. And also, our cricket is cool, yeah. but slowly but surely. And the things that, yeah, the things that does for our country. I mean, when we won the World Cup two three years ago, what was it? I mean, it's it's amazing. It might not be for long, but how quickly the country comes together, and you don't see all the problems. You just see a, literally a rainbow nation hugging each other and loving each other because you just people. People see themselves through sport. They see themselves mm. through achievement. When when you win a gold medal, you go on Facebook and you see at the Olympics and you see everyone, whether it's Olympics or Paralympics, because we do yeah. well in Paralympics. I mean, we do. Yeah. I think we do better in the Paralympics than we do in the, the actual Olympics. And just to see the the pride that people show and how they want to support those athletes. And if we just, if South Africa as a whole just tries to put more effort into it, as in the, the heads of sports of different places. I mean. You know, we could be an unstoppable nation. Yeah, no, very well In said. Sport. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'll never forget that day we won the Rugby World Cup. Like, as soon as I left the the, the pub that I was watching at, um, I got onto like I think I was on a main road in Edenville or something like uh, Louis, no, Van Riebeek Avenue, and I just remember like. It was the most, I was just hooting. It yeah. was the coolest day. I was so proud to be South African. And it's exactly yeah. what you say. We forget about our problems. We forget about everything. Sports brings us together. And I think we need a little Even bit more. Even in 2007. Yeah. Even in 2007. I remember we were, we were wow. kids. I, yeah. I was at an uncle's and he wouldn't stop playing We Are the Champions. I think I must have heard that song 700 times that night. Yeah. But it's just you running around the garden as a kid and you actually you pick up the rugby ball just because you've just watched the Springboks one kind of thing and you, you're throwing it at each other and you're like having a jaw with your mates when you're a little kid. And yeah. it's like, even when you're 11 or 12, you're like, this is big. Like it's, it, it brings everybody together. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, 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 what, it's what even, you know, you, you fell in love with sports probably because of the environment as well and, and the opportunities that yeah. South Africa gave you at, at, at those times. I mean... We, we, we live a very outdoor life in South Africa. So, so sports is yeah. something that we, we naturally expose to at a really young age. But then we hit a certain age and all of the problems come in and stuff like that. And, and I wish, and I, and I really wish that we can get rid of that so that there's a lot more just passion, love. And, and if, that, if that's the yeah. case, I think with the good management, things, things will grow. And, and South Africa is, is really blessed to have, that, to have that raw talent when it comes to sport.
definitely yeah definitely yeah all right Kel. so one more question one more question for you and then we can wrap this up <laughs> um what is i know i know you said you set small term goals right short term sorry yeah. what 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 can we expect from you in the new season what what can we expect from you what what are and and not 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 necessarily huge expectations of yourself or anything like that but one or two little things that you want to achieve in the new season just for the listeners out there so that when they do build a little bit of a following and and you do smash those goals because there's no doubt we can yep. all be super happy and proud um i definitely think getting back onto making cuts again because like i said i had a, a terrible season it was my worst season this year um mm. and very unexpectedly as well so i think getting back to just the small victories of making cuts and then building from there um and I know this isn't a small one, but I think a maiden win isn't far. Um, personally, I, I would like that in the new year. Um, mm. I definitely think it's not far. Um, and hopefully these last few proams and, and some bushfells will just build that confidence of, of what, I, what I want and what I'm not expecting, but driving towards, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think definitely getting back on the, the cut train in the first two or three and then grinding out and hopefully getting a win by the end of the season. 100%. It's definitely and, uh, up there. Yeah. And I think you, you, you've you got everything that it takes to be a yeah. winner on, on more than one occasion on, on all of these tours that you're playing on. It's it's really just about, definitely. I suppose, timing and, and maybe one or two more things need to align. But sooner than later, I think we'll be on a pod yeah. and we'll have some trophies behind you or whatever the case may be. Definitely. Um, <laughs> and also long-term seeing the, great, the, the ladies' golf game grow. Eh? Like, just... That for me, Serena Williams, one of my biggest role models. I know she's a tennis player, but just yeah. just watching her grow with tennis and women's tennis and how good it's gotten and how they they equally paid in majors and that kind of thing. So hopefully seeing that in the next uh, this is long term. I mean next five to ten years, seeing it just soar into oblivion and just becoming as good as watching PGA, turning on the LPGA instead and, and that kind of stuff. So definitely hoping that happens too. Yeah, and 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 I suppose as much as it yeah. as much as it boils down to to management and and a whole yeah. bunch of other aspects, I think it starts with you guys. It starts with you guys as the players yeah. to to keep you know week in and week out. You're going out there, you're giving your best, and I think yeah. slowly but surely, you know, once once all of that stuff starts getting more exposure and stuff, uh, young girls and and young guys are going to see that. Wow, I mean, th th this is amazing. This is what I want to be because at the yeah. end of the day, you guys are like. I always say sports, sportsmen, sports ladies, you guys are superheroes. The things you do are amazing. It's not easy to go out there and, and be able to play golf for three days in a row and, 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 have, and, and have so much pressure on you because you need to make a cut, because you need yeah. to do that. There's, there's traveling expenses, this, that, and the next thing. So, I mean, yeah. credit to you guys. You guys are superheroes. And I really hope that it's, it's going to grow as much as, much as possible. But, but I do believe, inside my heart, I do believe that it will. And, and as I said... Trending in the right direction. Trending in the right direction, and you guys yeah. are the you guys are the forefronts of that. So just keep doing, keep doing your thing, keep keep working hard, and and sooner than later, I think the 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 rewards will be really sweet. I think so too. Hundred percent. Well, Carlos, I just wanted to yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say thanks so much for for your time and being on the show. Um, love the Liverpool shirt, by the way. And Thank yeah, you. I really, I really hope we'll get you on the show again soon. We'll definitely taking up definitely. that time with Kelsey at Seven Under Golf Podcast. That's going to be the one. <laughs> yeah.
but Thursday yeah, night special. Thursday night special. <laughs> there story. you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Struggling to sleep, put on a story, and things will be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just well, I wish you all the awesome. best with your season and and everything going forward. Keep working hard mentally. I know you you you've got everything under control, and we'll definitely be in touch and hopefully have you back on the show soon. <laughs>